0: Beyond celebrating some great times together and celebrating some great ministries together, we're also celebrating some other great gains. This year we've made many, many new gains. And I just want to go through some of those things. This year we gained a new worship leading staff. Amen. Greg Batla joined us as our worship leader, and then Kim Neumeyer recently just joined us as music assistant for adults. We gained a new children's ministry staff. Sherry Verberg uh, became our children's pastor, and then also Kim Newmeyer joined her to uh, be involved with children's music and help all of that happen. And then we gained a financial grant, get this, a financial grant for children's ministry for new technology in every one of our classrooms. So you'll begin to see iPad check-in systems at nursery and preschool, and hopefully uh, the other grades, and a little bit later, that just are great benefits for children and parents. So if a child comes to our nursery and has special needs or special allergies or all of those kind of things, it all goes into the system, goes onto a name tag on the child's back, just creates greater safety, greater benefits for children and parents. You'll begin seeing flat screen TVs go up in every children's classroom to really give aid to our new video supported curriculum that we're using. And then we gained a, a new pre-teen group called Tower 56 for all fifth and sixth grade students. And so if you ever wanna go upstairs to what we call the upper tower room, uh, you can just check out the new design up there. New design, new curriculum. A preteen, like before junior high youth group, is fifth and sixth grade youth group. And so it's just an awesome uh, new development for our fifth and sixth grade students. We then gained an audio visual upgrade here in our sanctuary. You've been seeing some new upgraded lighting and there's a whole lot more yet to come that we're still working on, but have to do some electrical things and wire pulling things and yet uh, some more is coming. And you've been hearing some more uh, sound clarity due to removal of our oldest speakers, 30-year-old speakers. We had monitor wedges up here, our oldest speakers. Uh, You're hearing most of the sound come from them as they bounced off the back wall, and those are all gone now. And uh, so most all of our uh, singers have in-ear monitors. And so hopefully that's going to bring greater clarity to what you hear out there in the seats. In the, in the seats. This year, we also gained a new Canyon Hills logo. Have you been noticing some new fonts and some new, well, I don't have that up there, I guess. (laughs) Uh, Some new fonts and some new graphics, and so you're gonna see even more of that as we go along. We gained a permit from the city for the park building plan. I'm gonna talk more about that this morning. This year, we gained a $35,000 financial grant for our sister church in Juarez, Mexico. Can everybody say amen? That's just awesome. With these funds, they're going to be able to expand their facility, expand their feeding program, and their ministry to children that have various mental and physical challenges. And so that grant is just going to go a long way to help them get up their new final sanctuary and gym combination, the slab. We've poured the slab, and so that'll be coming, and a part of that grant will go for that. This year, we gained an average of 75% of all of our attendees in our midweek Bible study groups. Most churches never reach that goal, but 75% of you and all of our children are now in a midweek, what we call C-group setting. And midweek, studying God's word, praying together, building relationships, that is one of the most healthy goals any church can ever reach. Can you just say amen for that? That is awesome. Yeah. This year we gained an influence with over 2,000 people each week. If you take our worship attendance that together with our church plant in Clovis, our church plant in Juarez, New Mexico, our Mexico, and with all the churches that we work with in the Philippines, we now have an average weekly worship attendance of over 2,000 people. And that's just the average attendance, when you take our total influence of people that are we're influencing in our ministry or impacting with our ministry, the number goes up to just right about 3,000 people on a weekly basis. Now, can we just praise God for that? Isn't that awesome? One church in your Belinda is having a worldwide impact, and that's because of you, because of your faithfulness in giving and worshiping and sharing, going and serving, all of those kind of things. Folks, God is up to some very good things in us. He's up to some very good things for us and he's up to some very good things that he's doing through us. We just want to praise him. Now, please take a moment. Did I mess you all up? I didn't do this at the beginning. Take a moment to find your message outline. And if you have a basket of pins underneath your chair, just take a moment to pass those to somebody near you. And I want to share a message with you this morning. Last week, I talked with you about the main thing that God called you and me to do. I talked with you about the main thing that he calls every Christ follower to do, every church family to do. And I talked about the fact that out of all the things that we can do for Christ, that we need to keep this one thing the very main thing. So once again, here it is. Here's the main thing. Those who follow Christ are to carry the message of the cross of Christ through the marketplace. And that's because Jesus says this to us. He says, wherever you go, Wherever you go when you get up in the morning, whatever marketplace you go into, wherever you go, make disciples. Then Jesus went on and he said this, now go out quickly into the streets, the alleys of the town, go out through the highways and along the hedges, compel them to come in so my house may be filled. Those who follow Christ, those of us who have made Jesus our Savior and our Lord, we're to carry now the message of that cross of Christ to every place in the marketplace. Last week we learned that Jesus has called you to carry the message of the cross into your workplace. That's your personal mission, to take that message to wherever you work. This week we need to understand that Jesus has called us as a family to carry the message of the cross into the marketplace corporately, together. So the question is, how can we best do that together? How can we best do that corporately? How can we best show His love and His grace and His mercy to our community together? Well, there's a a lot of ways we can do that. There's a lot of things that we could do. But for adults, if we're gonna do that for adults, we have to focus on offering things that remove old obstacles that have kept adults from ever coming to church or to Christ. For students, we have to focus on offering things that provide new opportunities that help them start coming to church and coming to Christ. And Jesus showed us how to do that. He showed us how to help people remove old obstacles that maybe something happened early in their life at a church and and, and didn't sit well, something went wrong, he shows us how to remove old obstacles. He shows us how to, people then, to move people then toward new opportunities as well. So first, write this down. Jesus removed obstacles and provided opportunities, first of all, by mercy giving. The whole example of Jesus Christ was one of giving mercy again and again and again. Jesus did that with an adult whose obstacles were keeping him away from God. You know the name Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus collected taxes for the Romans. He was their chief tax collector. He had become a very rich man. He'd also become the most hated man because he had extorted the people to gain wealth for himself. But when he heard that the famous man, Jesus, was in Jericho, this adult tax collector man Wanted to see the famous man, Jesus. And so Zacchaeus, who was also a really short man, he he wanted to see Jesus, but he was a short man. And because thousands of people also wanted to see Jesus, to get a glimpse of Jesus, Zacchaeus climbs a sycamore tree. Because as the song goes, for the Lord he wanted to see. And so he climbs up into this tree. As Jesus passes by the city, as he passes by thousands of people, suddenly Jesus walks straight to the tree where one adult man, Zacchaeus, is sitting, and Jesus stops at that tree. Now, I mean, get, get this picture. Thousands of people swarming Jesus. Everybody, Jesus, Jesus. Kids running up. Everything's going on. And Jesus walks to one tree and looks at one adult man. And he stops at that tree. And look at what the Bible says. He says, When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So Jesus stops at one specific tree. He looks at one specific adult sitting in that tree. He speaks to one specific adult in that tree. And here's three things I want you to to catch about that. First of all, Jesus pays attention to Zacchaeus, one who needs mercy. Everybody hates Zacchaeus. He's a scoundrel. He's the hated tax collector. He's a low life, He's an extortionist. Everybody hates him. But Jesus shows mercy to him. He stops and he pays attention to him. Then Jesus affirms him. I mean, Zacchaeus had been called many, many names, but Jesus calls him by his real name. Jesus had never met Zacchaeus, but because he's God, he knew him. Amen? (laughs) And he calls him by his real name, Zacchaeus. And so he affirms him as who he is. And then he spends time with Zacchaeus. He makes a plan to go to his house and stay at his house. So Jesus removed a whole bunch of obstacles that had maybe been keeping Zacchaeus away from God. Jesus gave him mercy when nobody else would. God gave him mercy. Second, he removed obstacles and provided opportunities by inviting. Not only mercy giving, but by inviting. Now Jesus primarily did that with students to provide new opportunities to help them start coming to God. Just like Jesus invited Zacchaeus to come down out of the tree to spend time with him, Jesus also provided an opportunity for children to spend time with him. In fact, Jesus personally invited children to come be with him. The Bible says this, Jesus called the children to him and said, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them. So here's Jesus, he's walking through Jericho, he's going through this whole thing and people swarming around him. You can just imagine all the little kids wanting to get through people's legs and knees and get to see Jesus as well. So they're running up to him, but the disciples are trying to clear a path for Jesus to walk through the city. So they started blocking the kids from Jesus. That's when Jesus stops. That's when Jesus calls the children to go ahead and come to him. And then he says to his disciples, And do not hinder them. You see, Jesus provides an opportunity for children when maybe nobody else in that moment of time would. Jesus invited the kids when nobody else would. And then, third, Jesus provided, removed obstacles and provided opportunities by not only mercy giving, not only inviting, but also by participating. With Zacchaeus, he participated with him by going to his house eating dinner at his house, staying the night at his house. With the children, he participated with them by calling them to himself, by talking with them, and then Jesus tossed out a soccer ball and played. No, he didn't do that. (laughs) Are you still awake? Are you you sleeping? Jesus tossed out a soccer ball? I don't know what Jesus did after that. The Bible doesn't tell us, but I think he did probably play with them a little bit. With Zacchaeus, Jesus showed us how to help adults remove old obstacles. With the children, he shows us how to help students move into new opportunities. Folks, it's all about mercy giving, inviting, and participating. And it's time to do those kind of things right here even more at Canyon Hills. It's time to offer some things right here to remove obstacles for adults and to provide opportunities for children. It's time to offer some more things that will help both adults and kids begin moving toward Jesus. It's time to, to offer some more things that will help us do more mercy giving. And we do give mercy. That's, we've got a sign out there that says, no perfect people allowed, amen? We give mercy to each other and to all who come, but we need to do more mercy giving and more inviting and, and more serving. And that's what we're trying to do here with our next building project. This project that we've been calling The Park. We're simply trying to offer some more things that will help us help more people. We're simply trying to build something that will help us do more mercy giving, more inviting, and and, and more serving. You see, The Park is gonna provide opportunities that we just don't have today. Opportunities that we can use for mercy giving, inviting, and participating, and serving. Of course, it's going to be a place where all your kids, and your grandkids, and after-school kids, and, and adults will want to be. It's going to be a place where they will really want to play. <laughs> Here's the children's court. It's a place where they're, they're really going to want to play and just be here at God's house. It's a place where they're really going to want to just hang out. This hospitality court is going to be a place to to just be. And we're going to have all kinds of events right through there. It's going to be a place where people will want to just stay and play on the activity court. And we're going to provide all kinds of different things to do there. But it will also be a place where we can provide new opportunities to invite people to. Where we can... Participate with people in new things that we just can't do today. Things like outdoor concerts. Things like outdoor dinners. Have you guys noticed that our Thanksgiving dinner is getting so big and so packed we have no more room? Wouldn't it be awesome to hold it outside on an activity court, heaters, the whole thing? It would be an awesome Thanksgiving dinner. Bigger and better outdoor events like Easter and carnivals and weddings and receptions. First ever church-sponsored basketball leagues, tennis leagues, volleyball leagues. Large-scale nighttime youth events. Fully lit outdoor eating areas. First ever after-school tutoring, snacks, and structured play until parents come and pick them up after work. First ever outdoor worship service access. We hope to have a, like a 80-inch flat screen TV out in the hospital, hospitality area. We're finding that more and more f- folks have special needs and sometimes crowds and sitting in a closed area uh, bothers more and more folks. And so we're going to have an outdoor worship access area for folks that deal with anxiety kinds of issues that just can't be in a space that's kind of closed in. So all kinds of things that we can do. Folks, this park was a part of the original vision that God put in my heart for Canyon Hills before we ever opened. A kind of a center where the community and our church family could gather and meet and play and serve together. I believe it's to be a part of his plan for him to help us remove obstacles and provide opportunities that will help other people move toward him. I believe it's a part of his plan for us to help us do more mercy giving, more inviting, and more participating. I think most of you know that we now are in the process of raising the funds for the park. But we're also waiting to build this park project until all of those funds are in hand. We want to be the best stewards possible. we We want to do this with no debt. And so right now we've been teeing up all things so that the minute that all the funds are in, we can start building. And that means as of today, the architectural plans are completed. The city's approval of our plan has been granted. The structural engineering is completed. The civil engineering is close to being finalized. The contractor bidding will soon be started. And then soon as all the funds are in hand, we will start building the park. Amen? Amen. Oh, come on. Amen? Amen. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be awesome. Now, if you've been around a while, you know that in our Beyond Ourselves challenge that we began raising funds for three things. A cash flow fund, that's done. We did that. A new church plant, that's done. We did that, financed that. And now the next thing to be done is the park. To date, in our Beyond Ourselves challenge, we have raised $116,000 and some change has been given to that challenge. And so we took $45,000 of that to fund our cash flow fund and to fund our church plant expense. And so that means we have over $71,000 already on hand to begin building the park. That means we need between two hundred dollars and probably $230,000 more to finish building the park. Either in cash gifts or in material donations or labor donations. And uh, we've been talking, discussing that there's some parts of this project that we as a church family can do ourselves. If we wanna put on our gloves and get our hands dirty, there's some things we can do ourselves. Our men go to Juarez all the time and build build concrete block walls, amen? And so we're gonna do some of that ourselves as well. And that still might seem like we're a long ways off from starting, but not so much. Here's the deal. Been doing the figures, had some pencils out, If all of us would simply give what God calls us to give for the next three, maybe four months, we would have all that we need to build the park and to bring our general fund into a fully funded status in just three to four months. That means if all of us would simply give to God 10% of our gross income, what God says bring into my house first, the first fruits from all of your labor from all of your income if we would bring all of us together all in the next three to four months all at the same time bring 10% of our gross income into his house like he tells us to do all of the funds we need would arrive in the next three to four months our general fund would be completely restored all of our ministries would be kept strong through the summer and we would have what we need to start building the park by September 1, amen? It sounds like a long ways off. It sounds like it's not a doable thing, but sometimes, folks, if I can just kind of be honest, sometimes we don't bring the whole tithe into God's house. Sometimes we just tip God with a little bit every week and here and now, but if we would all bring the 10% that God calls us to bring, it would be here and we could start building the park. So here's the deal. Can you trust God to do that in your life for the next three to four months? Can you trust God that if you were to bring the whole tithe into his house for the next three to four months, that God would meet your needs? Can you step out in faith uh, to remove obstacles for some people, to provide new opportunities for others by bringing in the whole tithe, the whole 10% for the next three to four months? I think you can do that. Surely, and I have been doing that for years and we've been giving more than the whole tithe and, and God just continues to meet our needs. And so what if we all did that together all at the same time and just said, God, I don't know if I can do this all the time. This is, this is a huge step of faith for me, but for the next three to four months, I'm gonna step out and do this. You see, whatever your 10% amount is may not seem like a lot, But when you pool that together with everybody else's 10%, it'll make a huge difference. And you'll find God to be so faithful to meet your needs as you step out to honor him, obey what he's asked you to do, and as you reach out to others for him. God will bless you in the process. And so all you and I have to do is say, I'm in. (laughs) The next three to four months, Me and my house, we'll sacrifice. We'll we'll give our, our whole 10%. We'll trust God. Pastor, let's go do this. Let's get this done. And then for the next three months, be just faithful to give it. Just be faithful to give it. Just give your whole 10%. And we're just gonna let the general fund be restored and we're gonna see the park money come in and we're gonna see... God have his his will done. You can designate whenever you give. General fund, this much. Designate this much, the park. Put it on your check, however you give. But God will use it, and we will be blessed. Others will be drawn to Christ. Folks, together, we can carry the message of the cross of Christ through the marketplace by offering new opportunities right here at this place. That's our next step. You know, when I was serving uh, with our team in Juarez last September, we had a moment where we were all just kind of doing some silent praying together. And I was praying about our financial needs. And I was praying about the park. And uh, as I was praying, the Lord spoke clearly three things to me. He said these three things. I am, I will, and exciting days are ahead. And so as I stand before you today, I stand here believing that Jesus is the great I am. Amen. He is the great I am. Nothing with him is impossible. I stand before you believing that Jesus will provide as he always has for our needs and our vision. And I stand before you believing that exciting days are ahead for Canyon Hills Friends Church. And as I said last week, it's it's time for us to stop complaining about our culture. It's time for us to start influencing our culture. And this is one way we can do it. The park is one way we can influence our culture right here, right now. Together, we can do this. Amen? Amen. Let's do it. Let's bow for prayer. As I pray this prayer, would you just kind of pray along and say, yes, Lord, with me. Lord, I know the hearts of our church family. We've always had a heart to remove obstacles that keep people from coming to you. We've always had a heart to provide new opportunities for others. Today, I ask that you help us to do those things once again together. You've called us. You've anointed us to carry the message of the cross into the marketplace. Help us to do that together through the park. We ask in Jesus' name, and all of God's people said, amen.